BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. If you want to be my friend, you had better go and get a pen. And maybe we can keep in touch, like they did in the old days, it wasn't so long ago. Man, good. that felt good, dude. Mid October, here we are. Two weeks into October, <laughs> Halloween right around the corner. What are you dressing up as, Rory Scovel? So I think everyone's out of the house, so I can speak freely. Yeah, because we know your wife won't listen. There's no trick-or-treating. Jordan will never hear this. She hates the show now. For anyone who thinks Jordan was supportive, it was, it was an act. Yeah, she just, just she early was trying to get that support. weekend of Tux's ticket. That's all she, she just wanted to get on that bus and throw beads. Mm-hmm. But now that that's come and gone, so has she. Um, <laughs> I think since we can't trick-or-treat, we're not going to go around the neighborhood so i think we're gonna set the house up to be a haunted whatever and uh i think i'm gonna go as like a really good witch i'm gonna like green up the face i'm gonna get online and you don't want to be a, for some... are you gonna be a male or female witch <clears throat> i think i'm gonna be a female witch okay and i'm gonna really do, i'm really gonna go Are you gonna shave you know gonna go clean shaven too no i think i gotta leave it all don't <laughs> I hate when someone cross dresses. I think I, I think I have to though. as a gag. If I, it's their personal choice, fine. But as a gag, I think I like, have to leave it just yeah. for acting no. purposes. Oh, I get what you're saying. So man, I, I think you it. should rethink it. Then you don't think do it? No. Do you think vampire Go with a mustache? Something that works with it. Yeah. Vampire with a mustache. Yeah. We might do a family of vampires. We really let uh, really? Ellie decide, and then we kind of we build around her thing. Okay. 
Like when we did, uh, when she wanted to be Alice in Wonderland, she wanted to be the Queen of Hearts. So I was Alice and Jordan was uh, the card. Which we all we learned at, at Which Dingo. we now know. That's what Jordan meant. Dude, And then last year, she wanted to be Veruca Salt from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So Jordan and I went as Oompa Loompas. Yeah, that's right. And she was Veruca Salt. So, so this year, she wants to get a little more on the monster side, which is fun. So do you think you guys will do it on Halloween proper itself or Friday the 30th? You know, we might. I don't know. Because I, I think I'm we're going to start really hyper-decorating. I don't really decorate, but now it's like, yeah, it's your why house. not? <laughs> why it's not? your house. <laughs> I know, yeah. The re- I asked for selfish reasons because I would love it if you jumped into uh, the Halloween bingo party extravaganza on October 30th that I'm doing yeah. in, in costume again. I'm into that. I would love it. Kyle Ayers told me I should call it Halloweengo. Halloweengo. I know. I give credit. I give credit. So, oh, if you want, so I'm doing a Halloweengo party on October 30th. It's a costume. You guys got to get to DVK's Halloweengo. I want you to come, <laughs> bro. That's great. I know. And uh, now that let me now let that, me show you let me show you this thing. Okay. You're the great thing is is now that we record these, you get to show everybody. <laughs> Rory has a brand new putter. He is very proud of it. Arm lock. It's, arm lock it's called butter. an. I think we can all hear him. It's an arm lock, guys. It literally goes all the way up to his elbow. Do you love it, Rory? You were over here when I bought it. Now it's here. Do you love it? See, I don't think you can hear me, guys, because he took his cans off. Remember? Rory, do you love it? I haven't got to play with it yet. I know, but you love that it's there. I love it. Now, what do we do, Rory, when we're super proud of ourselves and excited? What's our new thing? Do you remember? We masturbate. No, <laughs> you <What>? silly goose. <laughs> you silly goose. <laughs> you, you silly goose. We don't do that. <laughs> silly goose. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh <sighs> my gosh. Roar. Um, now that I'm back down to two podcasts. I, I, yeah, what? I how does that feel? This. Does that feel relieving? It must. It's it does. You know, I'm replacing it with just more work because that's that's part of our disease. Um, but yeah, yeah why, was, do, why was, do we do that? We it, do that. I know. That's how you know you're doing what you love. Because any other job, when they were like, "All right, once you finish that, go do this." Once I finished that thing, I was like, "I'm not doing that other thing for as long as possible." Yeah. Um, it was good. We, we had a good run. Noah, you did, you Noah know, what? good for you for. We did over two hundred episodes, man, and it and it was something that I loved. But it I honestly blows my mind how much you did it. Yeah, I, I just with all, that work with, ethic. You you know, you and I both are aware of some projects that I'm working on, and uh, and some other things, and I have a new project that I'm going to announce soon. I don't even know if I've talked to you about it. Um, so, so many projects. Yeah, it was just that. It was like it was time. It was you know, it was time. You. I can't do as many projects as you do. I just you have as many projects going on as I have going on. You probably have more. I don't know that I keep up. We don't tell each other everything. I don't keep up with them. Are those R's for Rory? Yes, and the Chicago Reader. Oh, and so it's both. Okay, it seems like it's more Chicago Reader, but no, one of them is for (laughs) Chicago Reader. The other four are for Rory. The saddest adult. I have two of these I'm shirts. I'm the most, I'm the neediest adult. It I better have, be for my name. I have two of these shirts. I should give you one. I'll take one. I also, I have, let's see if I can find it. I used to have one. It's a huge yellow square with a backwards R, and the R is written in like four lines. I like, like that. retro style. Yeah. Speaking of reader, I'm reading more. 
Me too. I'm, reading, I'm I'm like really loving reading books now. I know you're on you're up to like the 63rd life of Thomas <sighs> August or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's no, you got it right. Okay. You got it right right when you said it. I it's sad that I've gotten to 40 and I'm like, "You know what? I like books." <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're having the most chill midlife crisis. I don't he turned it, 40 I, and he was a reader. That, did did don't he buy you a Harley? Now, no. Did don't you understand the midlife crisis so much more now? Like, no, when I you don't were understand kid, it at all. I think it's all bullshit. I don't think it's bullshit. Here's what I think. I think as kids, people are always like, in movies and TV shows, which I always say, but that is where a lot of our yes. inf- informative yes. you know, perspective I, I learned a comes lot. from. Yes, I learned a lot yes. from movie and TV. And, uh, you know, it was always like, oh, he bought a sports car. Oh, he's suddenly divorcing his wife. Oh, he needs a 20-year-old girlfriend. It's always like from... It, men and women obviously experience it, but sure. in all these things, it's always a man having this mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, now that I'm older, I, I get the midlife crisis. It's just not... That that version of it is a comical. Is, is comical because I think the lowest percentage is people being like, "Oh, I want a younger wife. Oh, I want a I want a faster car." I don't think that's more relevant. I think it's a uh, chicken and egg thing. Where that's why I think it's all bullshit. I think <sighs> I think in your twenties, late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, late thirties, I think you were constantly thinking of new things you wanted to try or or wanted to do and people just thought at when you were 26 or 33 doing that they were like oh that's just a new thing Rory wants to oh, try oh no i don't i i think but when I you don't get think, to 40 and do it people are like oh because you're having oh, a midlife crisis oh i don't think of the trying new things i think the trying new things should be forever i mean but the people say it's cri- midlife crisis I but i think it's more of an existential thing i think where where people get to around the age of 40 sometimes a little earlier sometimes a little later and sometimes never but you get there and you start to the the lust for life or the the thirst for life the the what is the point of all this what is the meaning of all this the more philosophical version of a midlife crisis i i now i i now feel like i i really under understand that you get to a point and you go i don't i i know that from here on i more than likely will just have declining health <laughs> more than likely but what 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 was i doing the whole time you know i feel like a lot of people hit the age of 40 and they go Oh, I don't. I don't like my job. I don't really know why I did it, but I did it because I was. I I, I feel like I I can relate to it in my own regard of not really doing stand up anymore. I, I kind of step back and I go, well, what what what? Why was I doing it? What was it about it? And I'm fortunate that I have this fun job. But sure. even this fun job, I still step back and I go, it's like, well, what am I trying to get out of it? You know, I won't lie. the The state of the world and losing my father, obviously, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. they're factored into right. That's big. Into that's that. big curveballs. You got to ask yourself about that pitch, man. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, this gives us this pause in in our in our lives to step back and just be like, well, when people go, when everything gets back to normal, first off, I don't, I don't think that will happen. <laughs> I don't think we are headed back to no, like we're headed to normal. A, we're headed to a new normal. A new and, normal, and we're and in I one think, right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm not I I'm not here to say uh you know oh thanks for the virus it, it really reset us and I'm not really here to praise it but we are in a position of pausing and it does make you reflect and go well what were my wants and needs and which ones were valid and which ones made sense and mm-hmm. it just happens to be lining up also at a time when I'm <laughs> you know we both are 
you know, in the exact middle of our supposed lives. I know, if, but I believe people you're usually one, live to eighty. I believe you one hundred percent. I just, I'm not having a breakdown. I know you, but I get <laughs> says, it. I, I says think somebody. I get it. That's what people say when they're. <laughs> Look, this, I'm not having a. But like this wild, like, what is any of this saying behind right. me? <laughs> Look, I'm not having a breakdown. There's okay. a small fire over here that right. I refuse to address, right. but There's it's a, not getting bigger. But it's not going away. Right. There's a guy setting off fireworks in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I totally believe you. I just think, respectfully. I'm in a diff. I I feel differently. I don't yeah. feel that way at all. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to feel that in three years. Also, right. I think that like our the path, the very similar path that we have chosen for life is so much. And I'm not. Don't confuse anyone. Confuse me with saying the word special or better because I'm not saying that. I'm saying different than the average American's life. That I think that like. You mean being an entertainer? Being well, being an entertainer, choosing that I'm going to take this risk, I'm going to do what I want to do. If I make money at it, it only comes as a benefit to doing what I love. I'm not. The goal yes. is not. I'm going to go get rich and see if I like it. It was never right. that cart versus horse scenario. So like, right. I feel like I'm on a way different timeline. Like when everybody else was like already fully vested in their company, 401k, having two which was kids, very early for a their lot second of our house. Yes, I still and, didn't and like. Even, is it good for them? Yes, 100. percent I still didn't even own a car. So like, yeah, you still don't. You got that unicycle, and <laughs> I, you are getting good, <laughs> <laughs> very good. But to, but you're right though. To be honest, like I just got what you would consider a decent, nice, reliable car i mean it was always reliable but four months ago can i interrupt yeah you can interrupt with anything i need everyone right now to picture dvk daniel vaniel canyon kicking open a fence leaving a garage with a unicycle that's next to a burger Mm -hmm. king (laughs) getting on that unicycle and and grabbing the bumper of a car Marty McFly style, but on a unicycle. Yes. <laughs> and because the car is like really going and Daniel's feet are on the pedals, his legs are like really going. <laughs> and I look at the person driving in the lane next to me and I go, I'm not having a breakdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're full, full, full tears crying. <laughs> full. Your shirt has like werewolf scratches and there's blood. I'm fine. I'm fine. I chose a different path. But a unicycle. God. (sighs) All you got to do is change skateboard to unicycle for that whole sequence. Yes. And it is wildly dangerous. (laughs) More dangerous. Infinitely more dangerous than a skateboard. Okay, I had to get that. I had that always, idea was in my brain, and I was like, I got to turn the faucet on. You should on. always do that. This has to come well, out. Well, that's what I'm here for. That's what we're here for each other for. Uh, you're, Somebody is, turning around like, should I hit the brakes? You're like, no, no, no. no, 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 no. You're gonna I'll kill slam him. into the bumper. Keep going, please. <laughs> Don't turn so sharp. Rory, He's bleeding and crying. <laughs> yeah, I think he, but he it, chose He's 40. Yeah. He's 40. Yes. He's 40. Yeah. Oh, you just had what I had when I pictured the mouth wired shut vomit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your mouth is wired shut too. No, please don't hit the brake. <laughs> I will. 
That when someone goes, where's your happy place? I'm going to go picturing my friend Daniel on a unicycle as Marty McFly going into Hill Valley. <laughs> they're going to be like, wow, that's so specific. And I'm like, take a second. Take a second. And see the mm-hmm. unicycle instead of the and skateboard. picture him. He, he's a larger man. And he is so much bigger than Michael J. Fox. I mean... <laughs> I bet I we am, all right? tower over Michael yeah. J. Fox. <laughs> oh. oh my god, that was good. Picture. Let me that. let me give you another dose. Hit it at the end of the clock tower sequence mm-hmm. when Jennifer leaves and he gets he ducks way down low to get the cop car, but <laughs> with a Like how do you get low? How do you get low with the <laughs> And it's still it's still I mean, no matter what, you have to be like up this high. But you're like away. <laughs> we're all right, where we're going, we don't need one wheel. <laughs> where we're going, we don't need two wheels. <laughs> That's funny. That still applies for the first one if I'm on the unicycle. Oh my god. Ugh. Oh my god. There's your clip. And the cops <laughs> the cop immediately stops before he gets out of the parking lot. You slam onto the trunk. Son, what are you doing? <laughs> I gotta get home. Oh. Side note. Mm-hmm. He it's after school, end of the clock tower sequence. Yeah. He grabs the back of that cop's bumper. Mm-hmm. The very next shot is him skateboarding up to his house, and it is like nightfall. Yeah. Is he legally in the right district for that <laughs> high school? <laughs> That's some sort of pay-to-play scandal. Going it is. On he there. is way, is way outside. That's why town. the principal doesn't like him, because he knows. <laughs> yeah, but he, he can't goes, afford look. to have the scandal come out, so he's trying uh, to run him out from the inside. No one talks about how Hill Valley was a magnet school. Nobody <sighs> talks about that. Have you, you could go it? to it if you got accepted. Marty got in. What's the age for your daughter? Seven? Because you saw it at six, right? I think I saw it in theaters at five. I think my dad and I can't remember who went, but I sort of remember that we went to see it in theaters. So when is when? And all I, I remember is the fire scene. flames. There was no part of me that understood that it was you time. You still travel. feel the heat, Corky. You still yeah. feel it. Feel it. Uh, I still feel weird saying her name, but you brought it. I know I can. It still feels so uncomfortable. Uh, at, what age will Elliot get to watch Back to the Future? I've tried to I tried to start it. Oh, you did. Okay. And you could just tell it was too soon. She was yeah. just like, what is Yeah. Okay. What six. are we doing? Cuz you six. also got you also have to keep in mind that us watching it at 5 it's still a brand new movie. Yes. You show it to a 5-year-old now, you're like, and remember this? This is a 30-year-old movie. <laughs> a yeah. 35-year-old movie. That's why what I would do if I had kids is mo- movies like that, I'd go, this is a true story. Then they're they're that's like, a fun dad. What? Like it is. That's why I want this you to watch happened. this. This really happened. This is a documentary. Yes, because they don't even know what documentary means yet. So we have watched. We do. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but we do Friday night pizza party movie. <laughs> we night. We have it. I'm so jealous. You're having it. <clears throat> the when we're recording this, it's happening. It's, it's gonna be I, happening. Yeah. Um, and uh, she. So we pick a movie every Friday. 
Yeah. And we've gone through a lot, but we did do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. You said doesn't hold up, right? I, I actually feel... I don't I I mean, remember Rick Moranis, what you said. Rick Moranis holds it. He is the so glue. good in the He's movie. The Phil Hartman. You know, as a kid, you kept seeing him in stuff like Ghostbusters and mm-hmm. uh, My other... Heaven. My Heaven. You just see him in stuff. Yeah. Uh, and you'd always be like, oh, that guy. One of the first impressions so, I ever did were... Hey, having a party later. If you want to come down, gonna have a little bit of client <laughs> shirts. Like, it's a tax write-off. Would love to see you there. Yeah, he's always locked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when you see him in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you're like, oh yeah, this guy again. Yeah. But you're you're such a kid. You've been used to seeing him. Sure. You don't really appreciate mm-hmm. seeing you Little know giants. what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but he is so good in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and I thought. For children, outside of the ant dying, which is still wildly traumatic. I don't remember that at all. I just, yeah. I just remember the... Auntie. Oh, the ant ant. The ant ant. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. I yeah. also remember so that's, thinking we how fast those, forwarded through that. <laughs> those, was it cookie or like brownie cum crumbs? Yeah, that giant uh, cream pie. Oh. Uh, Little Debbie cream, that, cream pie. I remember thinking that looked... Am- that was like... T- that yeah. was like... That's up there with walking into the Willy Wonka's pure imagination. Absolutely, but at forty, when you watch it, midlife crisis. When you watch it, you see them scoop up and grab it, and your initial instinct is what what you feel is the sugar shock, and you're like, maybe a few bites. Your brain goes, maybe a few bites. But after that, it's like I need I need something savory. You know what else never gets talked (laughs) about? I gotta eat some grass or something. On that tour of Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, how much would it suck to be the second tour through? When you what do walk, you mean? When you walk into that garden of treats and goodies and candy, and you're the second group, <laughs> yeah, they start doing daily tours, <laughs> and you're like, some of so this stuff's kind of uh, eaten already. Yeah, like, there's some saliva. <laughs> is there a kid like, in that chocolate yeah. pond? He's still in that pipe. Yeah, I know. Is there ox? Is that oxygenated? <laughs> right. Oh, Roar, yeah. should we go? I mean, we can. We can. What's if our you're new ready. way? If, we, if you mean, want to. You now get to do it however you want every single time. And you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look. Let me take his back. And you'll see. Okay. Rewrap it. breath. Make a wish. Count to three. And then let's go to the letters. Yes. That was good. <laughs> Rory, let me ask you. Do you want me to isolate that as a drop and you just tell me when you want me to hit it and then one hundred percent. Or we can keep doing it the messy way. Either <laughs> I way. I we that's the beauty of us really. Is we really it's, could do it forever no the rules. messy way. But you know what you is know never what? you know what is never messy? You ready for this? Yeah, hit it. That's so good. Yeah. Well, that's a professional recording. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a professional recording. Love that drop. Uh, I'm gonna hit it first. That's so good. So you guys, when uh, when Daniel and I started doing the live uh, zooms, I know we've only had two, but even though we've only had two, that you're talking about sixty days. Yeah, <laughs> has passed. October twenty third is the next one. Bro. <clears throat> That's right. So get on them ticks. And here's the thing: we're gonna. I'm I'm calling it. We haven't even talked about this, but Rory, here's what we're doing: October twenty third. Yeah. Any person we talk to has to tell us what they're going as for Halloween. So if you got a ticket, be ready. You better now. I'm not saying you got to dress up. No, you just better. I want to know what you're gonna be. You could. You like, can always and also during the during the opening show, get to know the crowd. 
You can always stop video if you don't want to participate. In that. We don't want to put anybody on no, the spot. Not at all. In fact, if you accidentally leave it on and you go, "Oh, sh- sorry guys, I meant to turn my camera off," we'll be like, "No problem. Good to see you. Take care." Yeah. No, no big deal. Yeah. We're not. Who are you going to be at Halloween? You fucking turn that <laughs> answer, camera on. You answer us. Turn it on, Catherine Holmgren. All right. I- <laughs> uh, yeah. Ever since we started doing this. Uh, the all the, you can't see it now because mm-hmm. I usually pull it down when we do the show. But I've got a bunch of pen pals decor up. I mean, you got uh, one up right now. I've that got painting. a stack. Got a stack of uh, got the saga right here, and I got a stack of letters that saga. are right here, and even more saga. But hey, and also, you know, you can kind of see you got some pop tarts back in the love corner. it saga. That's there. great, dude. But um, uh, yeah. So saga. I, I started going through all these letters, and uh, there's so many uh, that have been ones. there for. I mean, that we've had for a long time, Saga. Some people that, probably don't even think that we were ever going to get to them. Saga, yeah. So what happens is that so, and and I know Saga that we've mentioned this, right? But Daniel and I read all the letters. Well, what I was going to Saga say pick, is that yeah, we've, we've decided ones that we definitely want to do. And people are like, well, are you ever going to read that Saga? And we're like, yeah, we saga. definitely are Saga. So Saga. So Saga. <laughs> <laughs> you might find your letter Saga co- is coming about, even saga, though you thought yeah. we totally forgot Saga. We didn't. Saga. Yeah. But here's the thing. We didn't forget it. Sometimes Saga, we read these on the couch in the studio, Saga, before mm-hmm. we record. Oh, Saga, and we then read we them can't a long remember. time ago. We, yeah, because we're like, Saga, why, did I read it? Have I read well, it on the That's why, Saga, that we, we, uh, we got into that. Uh, remember when we could not remember if we had read a letter or not? We had to oh, wait for them to tell us. Of Saga, of course I do. Of Saga. So that's because we read it on the couch. And then we were like, wait, did we read it on the couch or did we read it on the show? Mm-hmm. Anyways, Saga. 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 So what we do is Still got it. Yeah, we still got the saga juice. Can't take it away from Sam Elliott. Hi, I'm Sam Elliott. Hey, hey, I'm Sam Elliott. Is it, is Sam Elliott, and let me ask Beef you this. Beef is what's for dinner. Yes, but I is that it. Sam Elliott, like, is that mm, him? Yeah. Or it, does he have I mean, that I'm voice? I'm not doing a so good he, one, but it's like, I used to be able to do it, I lost it. It's like, I used to be, see, it's too, he's not that twangy. Yeah. But, yeah. But here's my question. Dodge. I can't do it anymore. Is and here's here's my question for you. Prancer. Coach Eric, Coach Eric Taylor, Kyle Chandler, Friday Night Lights. You think that's you him? didn't watch that you didn't watch that series, Haven't even which started it. Truly kills me. But well, dude, you haven't maybe, shown maybe me losers. So what do you want me okay, to do? Okay, this is not one of those. Okay. This is not one of those arguments. Okay. Sorry. Uh but <laughs> no, I can't don't I don't I can't okay, do it. I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Chandler, like he was on Early Edition. Do you remember that show? Yes, of course on I CBS. remember CBS Sunday nights. So he was on that, and he would, and and so he, he, you know, he was an actor. He was in a bunch of things. Yeah. But then he was, he discovered Coach Eric Taylor, his character for Friday Night Lights. Yeah. And now that kind of is sort of in a lot of his roles. That he, he's still. Kind you feel of like that. that's him in Bloodline. Yeah, yeah, sort of. That's him a in bit. Hurt Locker. 
A little bit, yeah. I don't, I don't know about Hurt Locker, but yes. Yeah, I think he's yes. in the opening of that. Maybe, mm-hmm. but but that's what I mean. He, no, Zero he, Dark Thirty. That's what he's in. Zero <clears throat> Dark Thirty. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And then also First Man. Um, yeah. So my question is: Is Sam Elliott? This, this is my this is my Kyle Chandler ready. <laughs> he's always like, "Who are we going to do?" No, do? Hey, and also, no disrespect. I'm a Coach Taylor fan till I die. Yeah, no, not um, anti at all. I love Kyle yeah. Chandler. Um, but hey. is is he is Sam Elliott actually the voice, and is he actually the image, or was it like, "Hey, you look like a man, and yeah. you have that voice. Yeah, Can you be the guy who speaks for trucks, and beef, steak, and cigarettes, and <laughs> and you know what I mean? Being Tombstone and Stars Born and a Stars Born, he's so good. Rancid. But like, if you met him, is he like? That voice is he also like wildly like like a just a super I think, hippie? I think that oh he's I bet he's a little bit more of a hippie than than a lot of people in this country would think. But I think it's very much like if you were like Mr. Elliot, great to meet, uh, great to meet you too. Is that how he was, or do you think he became that? I think did his roles be, be did he become that with what he was getting work doing? Is what I mean. I think after Roadhouse, he was like, "This is me." Who's the real Sam Elliott? That's my documentary. Not, not fully. There, you can see it. You can see it. You're right. You're right. Okay. You can see it. But sometimes when I want to do the fully. Yeah. Rory. You're going to make people feel bad because no one's as good as their thing as you are at that. That's fine. (laughs) And that's fine. That's Mm -hmm. fine with me. Here we go. Dear pen pals, let me begin by saying that this is one of the few podcasts that makes me want to go back and listen to old episodes again. Thank you. I love both of you for your comedy, but I also love your willingness to be vulnerable with us on here. I also love that you both embrace positivity and comedy with the main priority being that the audience is having fun. Okay. I'll cut to the chase. I'm a bisexual man who hasn't fully accepted himself yet. I no longer think that there's anything wrong with being bisexual, and I even came out to my close friends and family two and a half years ago. But I get nervous when people find out. Now that I'm getting further and further out of the closet, I'm scared that people will start perceiving me as their bi friend, when I'd rather be their friend who is bi. I'm also concerned about people not believing me about being bi, as many bi men experience. I believe that some of my fears are rooted in my Baptist upbringing, which has left me with some internalized homophobia. A big reason this has been on my mind lately is because a few months ago, I started going up at open mics. No, I'm not going to ask for comedy advice. I had a rough start, but I've now become friends with several comics in my local scene, and some of them have even had me on the shows that they host. I'm not sure if my comedy friends know about my sexuality or not. There are incriminating pictures on social media, me with my ex-boyfriend, me at gay bars, etc. But I'm scared that once the whole scene knows, I'll be pigeonholed as a gay comic, a fear that kept Todd Glass in the closet for years. I'm also scared that they will encourage me to talk about it on stage. I don't want to be known around town for bi material, I just want to be a regular comic talking about my own interests and everyday life. I know that I'm more than my sexuality, but I'm scared that not everyone will realize that. I almost envy Todd because he realized he loved comedy before realizing he loved men. But since I'm already out to so many people, I won't have the luxury, although I'm sure Todd wouldn't quite call it that, of hiding that part of my life from the scene. Should I keep doing what I'm doing? Do I need to go F to F with my comedy friends? I know that you are both straight men, but you are also but you are also uh, very in touch with yourselves and comfortable with who you are 
as people. I'm wondering if you have any advice for how I can reach that same level of inner peace, a devoted paler, um, James. So, um, this is great. This is an older letter. Yeah. You know what I love? So there is a chance that there is a chance we are directly, uh, responding to someone who has maybe in a different place now than when this letter was written, but that doesn't mean we don't have listeners who can't relate. And we've met this Um, person. That's what I love about our community. They talk to us. We meet people. Uh, after a show once. We meet people. Even during the pandemic, we go out there. No, we, meet <laughs> we do, oh, actually. No, no, no. But this was pre then. Yes. Um, so I have I have some thoughts. One, I did not know that was a common experience for bi men. <laughs> what if you said, people... one, I did not know that Todd Glass was gay? One, <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know who Todd is. Uh, <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge him as my friend. <laughs> um, uh, I, I didn't know that about uh by men what i didn't know that was a common experience uh people not believing you about being bi Hmm. and i wonder does that mean people don't believe you that you do also uh have an attraction to women or they don't believe that you also have an attraction to men i wonder in which direction people don't believe the bisexuality you know what i mean i am not trying to sound like fucking mr manager woke guy well, go it ahead. is. If you do, you do. It is so far off my scope to not believe somebody. Like I know that, that's what, I know. Like I wouldn't. I'm in the same boat as you as being like I don't even know which way you're saying they don't believe because if somebody tells me I'm by my only response throughout my entire being is okay. <laughs> I know. I don't have I questions. Know. There's nothing I need to know. You don't need to verify being, uh, or validate anything yeah, for me. That's not you being, just said uh, it. So, yeah, okay. to me, it's not even about being woke or anything. To me, that's just uh, uh, acceptance of the fact that not everyone is you. You know what I mean? My only you're, matu- hope- you're mature and evolved enough to know, oh, yeah, my experience is not everyone's experience. So yeah. when someone's like, I'm bisexual, you would, instead of being like, well, no, right. you, ca- you can't be. My only Instead, hope would you're be like, that, like oh, okay, great. Yeah, great. My, my only hope <laughs> like, would be that they, like, like great. it came up natural. Because my only question yeah. would be like, yeah, why are you telling me? Like, I, would hope you... it came up in, I hope they weren't telling me because they thought I had a problem with it. That's what I'm saying. It was like, how how did we get to the point where you're telling? Like, I just accept you. Okay. Can I, can I, can I pry yes. into a personal arena that I bet you so many listeners can relate to? Yeah, we'll find out if I edit it. Um, <laughs> and there's so clearly an edit point in it. We're like talking about why we're not even on this letter anymore. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it cuts to like you don't burn it down. You're gonna burn out of it nowhere. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere, it's like if you wanna be my friend. Okay, so we started over. All of a sudden, um, it just goes sincerely. Um, yeah. Um, have you have you always felt that, or was there times in your life when you were discriminatory of the gay? community because i i was like that i i did no growing up in the catholic church yeah the reality that i was informed of and i know you and i had different upbringings in that regard but the reality that i was informed of in the south was that it was a sin and it was wrong and it was a choice and as a child you trust adults you trust every adult you trust every version of authority because there isn't something implanted in you yet that 
someone has there's something for other people to gain by not telling you the truth or not sharing with you that they aren't evolved because they themselves are are unaware of it they're mm-hmm. unaware that what they're saying uh is is on uh is inaccurate i mean i started to get away from that a little bit in college but i really i i i but like in really high school, feel like i being grew gay was wrong I I think I I and don't like think I discriminate I don't think years. I openly uh, discriminate no, I'm not against anyone. But anti, if, but you were feeling was like, oh, that's not they're they're living on the wrong side of how you're supposed to live your life. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was you just didn't necessarily my, have hatred for them, but you were like, well, that's not no, right. but but there was no if there you were was also like a child. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's but I mean, also if there if there was like a group of of people around telling. Uh, wildly offensive or inappropriate jokes. There, I'm not above that. I was not above that. Yeah. I was not a guy that was like, guys, this yeah. is I, wrong. I I participated in it, and I, um, you know, even up until Todd, my friend, openly came out on Mark Marin, mm-hmm. um, you know, a while ago, mm-hmm. ten ten plus years ago, something like that. I think. Um, only then, and hearing how he talked about people, um. Saying the F word, uh, hey, gee, I don't want to say it, dude. I'm but in the I, same boat I, as you. I used to say it, yes, all the time. And if somebody yeah. goes, That's offensive, I go, I, I'm not, I don't mean it like that. I'm like saying it to friends until Todd on that podcast explained what even using it in that regard right. did to people. Only then did I go, Oh, I'm gonna stop well, because could- I, I'm now I've taken in that the final bit of information I needed to realize what I need to do ultimately, right to share this space and 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 that so so you know uh, up until i guess 20 20 something late 20s so rory now because now yes. i'm in a midlife crisis i'm in this, <laughs> uh getting <laughs> unicycle to straighten everything out i i'm in the same boat as you i grew up in my probably junior high and definite high school years were calling someone the f word in a jovial or even sometimes like angry or like on the yes. on the sporting on the field of play yes. was a very common thing. Yes. Um, I've gone so far the other way that I was just having a conversation with someone recently and they referred to someone else dropping all these f bombs and I swear on my grandfather's grave thought they meant f a g g o t. Yeah. Like or f whatever I don't even know how you spell it. Is it two g's or two t's? I one think two G's, I one T. I'm so glad I, I don't even fucking know. I'm not looking at the <laughs> it's word. Dealer's very much. choice, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever your heart of, but it your shocks blood. you now more when you hear someone say it, or oh my god, or, or read it when you read it somewhere. So I, you're like, oh wow. So I've gone so far that I, that's what I, they meant fuck, and I thought yeah. they, I was like, well, the only real f bomb is, is a, almost because fuck is nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck is nothing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I I think I had a time in my life where I definitely did not care about the use of that word. But I was when when a family member came out to me that everything changed. They would tell me that if anyone called their home and they answered, a person would this person would yell the f word at them. Yeah, and I once I like found that out, and I knew that person in high yeah. school, and and who would call and. I don't know. That just changed me forever. But at the same yeah. time, I don't ever remember being like, I remember telling my mom, like, you know, Elton John is gay and her being like, I don't think he is. <laughs> and I was probably 13 and I didn't think I've never had a time in my life where I thought it was wrong. 
I never, I just never, and I was raised religious yeah. too, but I just never, I just never got it. I just never, yeah. I just didn't get it. But I knew that well, I obviously was raised in an area where people thought that way. And, and to be honest, I was so in my teens when a family member came out to me. So the window was very small. Sure. Of me yeah, being yeah. like, oh, well, you, what, the growth and the change. And yeah. like, oh, okay. Now I got to ask you a question, Rory. And I know we're on the yes. setter, but I just have to know. Oh, we're going to go back. A couple of weeks ago, for the time when this is dropping for everyone, did you see what happened with Landon Donovan? Are you aware yes, of this? Yes. How yes. fucking amazing is this? I got goosebumps. Oh, my God. It's, did you watch the on-the-field interaction and yes. the post-game message? Yes. Like, I'm so glad because I know you're off social media, and I was afraid you were going to miss yes. it. I am proud of your no, sport I, I saw that it in you the love. News. I am yeah. proud of Landon Donovan. And when he is yelling at that coach from Phoenix, I, I'll bring you guys up to speed. But Atlanta Donovan coaches the San Diego MLS team. They were playing former at, U.S. superstar. Yeah, one of the greatest American soccer players of all time. He was there. He coaches San Diego. They were playing L.A. One of their players was called the N word, and it was obviously an issue. But at the end of the game, they felt like they didn't really do anything to invoke change or stand up for how wrong that was. Cut to a week yeah. later, he told the Phoenix coach when they were playing Phoenix, hey, at 71 minutes, in honor of what happened, we want to stop the play and say this can't, this is not tolerable. Guy says, cool. Before they get to halftime, one of the players for Phoenix calls a player on his term a derogatory homophobic slur. And yeah. they said right and this then... And this is a player who is, who is publicly Yes, he out said it to somebody who is publicly out, yes. and he tried to hurt yes. that person with a word that he knew would cut them. And Landon Donovan said, what are you doing? The ref goes, I, I didn't give him a red card because I didn't know what that means. And Landon Donovan's like, well, I'm telling you what it means. This is what it means. Yeah. And they still didn't yeah. want to do anything. And the coach didn't want to take the player out. And so to the credit of San Diego, they said, you know what? This only changes when we change and we are not yeah. finishing this game. And because of that, they definitely aren't going to make the playoffs. They, they were, were up 3-1 and on that a Phoenix on one was of the, the best, best team in the league. Yes. And yeah. they need that win to, to ensure that they have a chance of making the playoffs. And they said, you know what? If we keep playing, that stays in our sport. If yeah. we don't play, we're telling you that it can't stay. And I yeah. encourage everyone to look up Landon Donovan on whatever social media or internet you use to find that all about. It's great. But was that not just the most beautiful? Like somebody just going, oh, there's, you want to do that? A real you want to act like that in this world? Fuck yeah. off. There's Fuck a real off. issue with with racism and homophobia in international soccer. Oh, like big it's time. A, it's yeah. a big problem all of in it. a lot but of yes, it places. And it's... It's truly unfortunate because uh, it is such an incredibly diverse sport. Mm -hmm. um, and to that, kind of go back to the letter, though, that's kind of what he's saying is like, I don't want to, even in a negative, not even not necessarily derogatory way, our, our friend who wrote this letter is saying, yeah. I don't want that to be the identifying factor for people for me. And, and yes. that's what happened on the, on the yeah. field of play for this, this soccer player. Like, I loved it. Yeah. Going back to this letter, yeah, because I, and I, I only wanted to, I, I only wanted to bring up uh, asking you where you had stood in your life sure. and yeah, at yeah, what yeah. moments you changed. The only reason I want to bring it up, too, is because I think there's a lot of people who are in that same boat, and for whatever reason, and there's a good chance they probably don't listen. They're probably not attracted to this podcast, and so maybe know. wouldn't be if they heard it. But they are people who... Some people just think, yeah, but that's who I am, and that's the road I've been on, and I, I, I can't change. You know, sometimes I think it's important to tell people that you have changed, yeah. and it's not heroic. There's nothing heroic about <laughs> becoming open-minded, and there's nothing heroic about suddenly 
d- looking at the world this way. And there's it's, nothing admirable about It is your duty staying the as same, a human either. being. It's a, yeah, yeah. There's nothing admirable about staying the same. There's nothing heroic about changing. It is a duty to humanity to... And it's and it's an uh, it's it's an, a matter of intellect, and it's a matter of evolution. Well, it's a matter yeah. of saying, "Oh, the world is bigger and diff- more different than my reality had previously informed me of." Mm-hmm. It's your job to to self inform your reality, yeah. and if you are if you are unwilling to change, it means you're unwilling to listen and it, you're unwilling to open your eyes because all you have to do is those things to go, oh, there's more people in this world who have different struggles than mine and have different lives than mine and have different goals and dreams and <laughs> trials and tribulations and traumas than mine. It's a, If I want them to respect me and my journey, be it good or bad, then I have to do the same uh, for them. And it's truly as simple as that. Peace is as simple as that. Now, back to James's letter. Um, in case anyone on here is like, I said the F word for a long time, or I still think this. Well, it's on you to change, yep. not someone else to change you. Uh, which is what kind of, in a way, ties me into what uh, James is saying here. I don't want to get on stage and talk about my bisexuality. I don't want to be labeled as the bisexual comic. And I agree 100% when I think of my own thing that maybe I would get labeled as. I don't like it when people say, you're the comic who does voices. Because I don't think that I do that. (laughs) Have you faced any of that? Oh, you're the comic who goes on stage and makes it all up. That's the only time I'm kind of like... Sort of, but even that's not entirely accurate. But I think I just want it as simple as, oh, you're, you're the, the guy who's comic. fun to watch. <laughs> you're the you're guy the who's funny. funny. Yeah, and I just want to go, good. So don't paint any lines. and Don't give me a box that you want me to stay in right. to make that funny happen because I couldn't tell you if I'm going to do a, a political joke that maybe is, in my opinion, more poignant than funny. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I don't want you to know when I'm going to do an absolutely stupid, silly joke that is so fucking dumb. How does that follow this other more philosophical thing? I don't, I want to throw every color up on the canvas mm-hmm. that is in my brain at that time that I think the audience will respond to right. in one way or another. Right. And I, and I think, you know, Daniel and I are similar in that regard that we want you to just stay out of our way and watch the show and either you like the show or you don't like the show but at no point do I want anyone to go oh that's Rory he's the southern comic right oh that's I I would hate it if someone goes oh that's Rory he's the straight white male comic Mm -hmm. yeah I am I'm straight white and male but I don't want someone going oh well then that must be the perspective I'm about to get so I will decide on that description if I want to Watch this guy, but isn't and I and I feel that for James, he doesn't want to be like, "Hey, I'm James, the bisexual comic," and now people go, "Okay, those are the words that will give me the first impression of James," and it's like, "But that's not true. Right. That's not that that maybe isn't, you know, unless James is like, I want that to be the first that's impression." That's my point. I was going to make is, don't yeah. you think that's the beauty of what we do? And I can understand when you have something large about you that feels very identifiable and core to who you are as a person. Your yeah. your fear can easily be, oh, that's how I'm going to be identified. But I but I want to maybe, in, if I can be so bold, inform a younger, newer comic that. The great thing about what we do is you dictate 
completely what people say about you. You can't always, it's not 100%. And those, and there's always going to be people who are wrong or are trying to demean or insult you. So you can't, you got to, you got to rule out the exceptions and you got to rule out the assholes. But for the most part, you will get to decide what people. So if you, if your comedy is a lot about you being or discovering your bisexuality, you, you might get labeled as a bisexual comic. Not that you aren't more of those things, but because that's what people have inferred about what you do. So to a much lesser serious extent, I can give you this in my own life because I could have stayed in the lane of the guy who does character impressions and wears wigs and does that. And people would associate me like, oh, you're the guy who does Mark Wahlberg. Oh, you're the like sure. character yeah, yeah. voices guy. Like if I see you at a festival, you probably have an extra bag on the plane because you got to bring all your props and wigs. And it took a 52 city tour. Not that this was my goal, but it took a 52 city tour and doing places like comedy on state in Madison, where after the show, Joe is like, Hey dude, you didn't do any Wahlberg in your, in your set. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't really fit in the hour. And he's like, fuck. I go, what? He's like, oh, I love it. Oh, I'm sorry. But he's like, no, the crazy thing is, is we theme our drinks after who's here this weekend. So one of the drinks is Marky Mark and the Funky Punch. And I imagine so many people in that room have no fucking idea why that is on the menu. <laughs> and I said, I'm sorry, dude. Well, it is a great pun. It is way. a great pun. And I said, yeah. I'm sorry, dude. He goes, oh, don't sweat it. The set was fucking great. But, yeah. but that is a moment where he was like, oh, I guess he's not like the Mark Wahlberg comic anymore. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. you dictate that by the material that you do. Larry the Cable Guy is the Larry the Cable Guy comic because yes. that is exactly yes. what he wants to dictate he is. And it, it yes. can even, in, in we know this, where it's minute. It can be, you're the storytelling comic. You're the guitar yes. comic. You are the, you are the guy who talks about his family comic. Like It'll keep going. But you yes. kind of have an opportunity to shape that. And like I said, there'll be exceptions. There'll be assholes who will try to minimize you and say, oh, you're just a bisexual comic. But yeah. you get to say what you talk about. And I and, think I, and also, to, to be clear, there is different varying uh, levels of... Uh, I guess I don't, I don't know what the word is, but like... It, if someone goes yes, but going on stage and being like, "Oh, I'm the Southern comic," is very different than than getting labeled as as bisexual 100%. or a gay comedian. And yes, and I one I is marginal, uh, one is optional, uh, right? And I and I totally uh, uh, agree with that. It's just the only uh, these are the only elements of with which I can completely relate to it from the artistic standpoint of getting pigeonholed into some sort of an identity. These are. These are the identities that other people could maybe assume of me because I do mm -hmm. those things in my act or talk about those things mm -hmm. in my act. But I agree with uh, Daniel that, you know, a part of what we do as stand-ups, and like I said, this is an older letter, so this could be yeah. uh, irrelevant now to James, but what we do as stand-ups is we control the show and we control the the product which is our craft and our art and us ultimately mm -hmm. and i would say uh absolutely you when when you ask should i keep doing what i'm doing what i think is yes 
if what you're doing is what you want to do yep. and you are performing the way you want and you are talking about the stuff that you want to, you absolutely should. I would not want to be pigeonholed into an identity in my act. Even in that, and I say that even if that identity is truly me, you know, Daniel and I are coming from a place of, well, we go up and we do characters and we don't want people going, well, you're the character comic. Not to marginalize saying, well, I am bisexual. You guys are deciding to do those things, but this right. is who I am. Right. I come from a place of, in my opinion, embrace who you are, uh, no matter what. But it's it's up to you on how much you talk about it or don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Because if it doesn't, if you don't think it's the show and you don't want to talk about it, then fuck that. You don't. You then you don't. You are in charge of what. If you're going up and doing a spot. That's 10 minutes. That is your 10 minutes. Yep. So you do whatever. If you want to go up and actually not even speak a language and just do gibberish for 10 minutes as an experiment, Good while work. maybe that won't get any kind of a good response, right. I will greatly respect that you even did that because I come from a place of that's your 10 minutes, so you fucking go do what you want to do in that 10 minutes. If you don't get booked again or you do get booked again, that's entirely on the choices that that you make as a performer and how well the audience the show it. goes and there's yeah. so many variables we can't control as as artists anyways i would say in your second question of do i need to go f to f with my comedy friends i i don't really know cuz i don't really know what the the vibe is i would like to think that in the year uh you know 2021 which is just around the corner that comedy scenes and i'm incredibly naive because I just believe this is the way it should be, that com- comics would be similar to Daniel and I, that when you say you're bisexual, they go, oh, okay, great. Well, either way, you're going up fourth, and I need you to bring up so-and-so after you because we're not doing a host tonight. Like, that's exactly what right. I would want. Right. The- okay, great. That's great, James. Uh, so here's the deal. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you have to go F2F, if you feel like that comedy scene and those comics are going to kind of push you. If you think that's going to be their reaction... Um, you know, if someone says, oh, well, then you should go on stage and talk about your bisexuality. If that's not a conversation you want to get into, you could just be like, yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe one day, maybe I won't, maybe I never will. Who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, you know, it, you, maybe you, one day you go, oh, I do want to go up there and, and be uh, a voice for other people who have been marginalized and uh, maybe don't have a voice. I, I want to do those things. Like, you know, it's it's art. It's entirely up to to you how you want to do it and i think the only thing that's most the most important thing here is just you knowing who you are mm-hmm. and you having the confidence in who you are because ultimately in your career of doing stand up comedy that's what's going to make your product uh the best right just this unknown non-material thing that you can't touch which is just your confidence and acceptance for yourself of who you are. Yeah. You don't need ours or anyone else's. Mm-mm. That our our accepting you won't make the product better. It's really just you liking it. If Daniel loves going on stage as Mark Wahlberg all the time, then he would still be doing that all the time. Yeah. 100%. But he didn't love it and it didn't matter that the audience maybe did love it. He just That's didn't want to do it yeah. anymore and now here he is, still doing his career. And you know what's crazy? And it, it's only the product of him having the acceptance and confidence in himself. In my second hour that I have right now, because it fits, 
I do a part as Mark Wahlberg. Because it fits. As you should. If it, it if you fits. like it it's and funny, you want to do it, and it there fits. it is. Yeah. And it's a wink to everybody who's been along with me on my career since I started out. Yeah. It fits. Yeah. And it fits. I tried. Yeah. I, I literally, a couple times building the first hour, tried to put it in. And yeah. it didn't fit. Yeah. It, it felt like such a fucking weird, and not a yeah. weird turn in the way we, you and I like weird turns. James, I'll forced. tell you. Oh, yeah. yeah. James, I'll tell you. You don't this want it too. to be forced. You never want anything to be. If forced. you do want to talk about being bisexual and you find a lot of humor for yourself in that, that you feel like will relate to other people, and someone does come up to you and say, So you're like the bisexual comic, feel bad for that person. And you have my permission, if you so choose, to look at them and go, I'm sorry <laughs> that you can only see one truth at a time. That that's too bad for you. It, that is bizarre. Like, right. oh, you're the bisexual comic. Like, and I would just look at that person and be like, that's sad that you only can see one truth at a time. Yeah. Yeah. That's And that's their problem, not yours. Yeah. Uh, man, I but like I, that I, I love this. Me and too. I think as old as this letter is, I think it's always relevant to a lot of people, whether James has already been like, well, you guys waited too long to get back to me. I've already dealt with this in my own personal life. But um, yeah, either way, great letter. James, I hope that's helpful, and uh, I and if it is helpful or not, it's been a while since you've written this letter. Hit us back, update yeah, let us, us. let us know what's going on because we got the palpitance, and we talk about that stuff. Uh, so uh, yeah, thanks for writing that letter. Sincerely, your pen pals, Rory Scoville and Daniel Van Kurt. Hey. Do you miss traveling with your besties like in Girls Trip? Do you miss going to huge family gatherings like in Soul Food? Do you miss meeting the parents like in Get Out? Well, actually, no one misses that. But you can still do all of these things with me, Desmond Thorne, on my podcast, Adventures in Black Cinema. Each week, I take you on a journey through a new black film, how it relates to the culture, and sometimes how the themes relate to my own life. So there's always a little tea and a slight bit of embarrassment. And of course, as a filmmaker myself and one of the blackest, film-nerdiest film nerds like ever, you're always in good hands. Adventures in Black Cinema with Desmond Thorne, executive produced by Amanda Seals. New episodes every Tuesday on all major podcast platforms. When was the last time you did something just for you? Discover your summer essentials with FabFitFun, the best subscription box service delivering full-size self-care and wellness products delivered straight to your door. Their experts carefully pick from top trending products for you to personalize your own box of happiness. Just choose your plan and get ready for the best in home, fashion, beauty, wellness, and so much more. So whether it's the perfect beach blanket, a handy wine chiller, or aloe vera gel, FabFitFun has you covered for all of your fun in the sun needs. You'll get to choose some of the products to go in your box while the rest are a surprise. Plus, you can access other perks like flash sales and new items up to 70% off. FabFitFun is more than just an incredible value. It's me time in a box. All about the brands you love, the brands you will love, and doing something that's just for you. Visit FabFitFun.com for 50% off your first box while supplies last when you use code TALKSHOW. That's FabFitFun.com, code TALKSHOW.
Hey guys, we're back. I want to remind you, we mentioned it earlier, but yes. October 23rd is the next live pen pals. We've already sold out over half the tickets. So if you want to be there, get on it. We do cap it. The reason is, is because Rory and I do like to jump around and say hi to people. And it feels like yeah. that number we keep it at yeah. right now, right around 200 is manageable. Um, man, and it's fun. We did the pen. You, some, you guys already know because I'm sure you've listened, but we did the pen pals movie. Thanks to Arjun. We talked to, to our uh, baseball cheating fans uh, from Houston who, man, I hope we know by now whether or not they told their family. <laughs> I, I can't even stomach that. So uh, we're doing another live one. It'll be a lot of fun. It's on October 23rd. And I believe... Unless I I'm, hope they're going to let us know if they told the fam. They, have they to. will, right? They have yes, to. They have to. They have Daniel. to. They have to. All right, Rory, you want to get into a letter? This is going to be uh, the final letter of this uh, episode, as we often only yeah. do uh, two. And it's uh, with a heavy heart that Daniel brings you this letter that we we just received. Yeah, most of our updates, obviously, we save for the Palpatentrion. We love everybody who supports us over there. Um, but this one came in, and I feel like, you know, if you said to me, when this show wraps up someday... What will be your biggest takeaway, Dan? And I'm sure all the great conversations I've had with you, Rory, will be up there. But the community that we created with everyone is uh, yeah, fucking awesome. It's like yeah. this side thing I never even predicted. And uh, I love it so much. So uh, a little bit of a sad time in our community. Here we go. Hello again, gentlemen. This is a letter I never wanted to write, but knew that eventually it would be inevitable. I should probably tell you now, this is not the me reading it. I should read you the subject of this email. A goodbye letter from badass grandma. Back to the letter. My light, my love, my Marion, badass grandma to one and all passed away yesterday. She left us peacefully in her sleep after fighting tougher battles than many of us will ever face. At the beginning, beginning of July, she suffered a massive stroke and developed pneumonia. It looked bleak, damn near impossible, but because she is who she is, Marion started to mend, miraculously. She was able to re regain the, the use of her right side at lightning speed and was able to put on oxygen to help maintain her active lifestyle. The woman was still doing housework after being discharged from the hospital. She Jeez. began talking about the holidays and even plans into next year. Then a month ago, she suffered another stroke and another bout of pneumonia. This time, she didn't bounce back so quickly. She wasn't able to fold laundry or do dishes. She was just too tired and too weak. My family knew what was coming, but that doesn't make it any easier, does it? I was visiting her weekly at this point. We would chat, or I would watch her nap. She didn't have much of an appetite, but I could coax her into snacking on baked goods, kettle chips, or a bacon cheeseburger from Culver's. Even if her appetite, strength, and stam stamina failed her, her faith never did. She told me that she thought heaven, what she thought heaven might look like, that she hoped George would be there when she opened her eyes. She wondered what the Eucharist might be like when it was, exper when it was experienced after death. Even the observant Catholic, ever the observant Catholic, she received her last rites twice, just to make sure her bases were covered. We <laughs> talked about everything that would happen <clears throat> after. From where... She wants her ashes buried on our farm to which suit of hers I should borrow for the service. I started drafting her obituary to tell her story, how lucky I was to get to make those important plans with her agreement and advice. 
and how lucky I was to get all the time I did with her in my 28 years. This was perhaps most apparent in February this year when I drove her across the country for vacation, just her and me in the car for 32 hours. I had an entire batch of podcasts queued up and ready to go, and I didn't listen to a single one. She talked the entire time, and I'm glad she did. Because before we left, I bought a voice recorder. I hit that little red button during our drive in the hopes that I could preserve her wisdom and her soothing voice for when she would no longer be here. I don't think anyone else will ever hear those recordings. Partly because she got real honest about how she feels about my cousin's wife, but mainly because it was just for us. Grandma wasn't performing or speaking to an audience. She was just there for me. She was always there for me, even now. In going through some of her things yesterday, I found a letter she had written to me after her first stroke. She worked so hard to regain the ability to write so she could put her feelings down on paper, so I'd always know and and always have her. I wanted to share it with you and with all the pennies and pallers who may need a little love and a little badass grandma. Her handwriting is shaky, and there are some words misspelled or missing, but the feeling is there. The love is there. It always will be. Thank you so much for bringing my amazing grandmother to so many even if she could never quite grasp the concept of the radio show she was on. (laughs) She was a wonder and a marvel, and I am a better woman for having been loved by her. XO, Amanda. To my granddaughter, once upon a time, there was a little girl who stole my heart. She called me grandma. I believe that God brought you into my life to give me hope and bring me joy. When we can't be together, keep me in your heart and I'll stay there forever. I love you forever and always. Grandma. Oh, man. That, <laughs> that, that was nice. You. That hits you. Look, Roar. I know. Look at that badass. I love that we've had the two spectrums of grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> You are uh, correct in that regard. Um, That's look at this badass roar. Yeah, um, post that for anybody who doesn't see this video. And then, the uh, and then there's a there's a picture of of the letter of the letter. Amanda, on some, so sorry. Stationary. So sorry to uh, to hear this. So sorry to read this. So sorry you had to share this. I mean, like you said, it was something that was coming, and it always is. There's nothing you can. Do about it, but, but also uh, Laura, like, be grateful for what you have and exactly. what you have. That's what I was yeah. say. So sorry for you, but also so happy for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you had a legit golden girl. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Like you, you had, had all. You had the Voltron. You of had the, the real girls. deal. <laughs> and I get I, emotional reading that letter because I have that in yeah. Rosemary Van Kirk. That's right, and. <sighs> She's drunk right now. <laughs> she's you having know. a screwdriver. She's Sharing a, it with she's the great grandkids. I had a screwdriver yesterday. I think of her every time I pull. I mean, one. Rory, you you were you were you gave me credit for things I didn't deserve about the night that I showed up at your house. But when Rosemary goes, you go get a go get a shovel because you're going to need to peel me off the fucking floor. <laughs> shovel of ice cream. <laughs> uh, yes. So much. No, ice but here's cream. the great thing. You asked me Birthday to pick it up. Cake. Look, Dan, swing by Magpies. Pick me up some ice cream. Then you go can... back to your place. I'll meet you there. <laughs> Uh, you know and that's that's it dude i mean you think about what the world was like when we first met this badass grandma yeah 
You think about yeah. you think about then getting to make friends with Amanda and having them come yeah. to weekend to Tuxes. And, and meeting them. Yeah. Yes. And I, I saw her once with Andrew Youngbud when I was on tour and, and I, I was up at the cabin and she was just over and ripping. We went over and and uh, and uh, saw her at work and said, yeah. hey, um, it, it's a uh, it can be a beautiful thing. And God damn, I know you know it, Amanda, but how lucky you were still are and will always be for having somebody like that in your life. Yeah. And they're still in your life. They still are. It's your, uh, it's your obligation to pass that on. That is true. Keep that spirit alive. That is true. And you and I have talked about some of that, Roar. Like, yeah, I want to take on some of what this person gave me before yeah. they go, you know? So much so. Um, <sighs> Amanda, we're here. Mm-hmm. You let us know what you need. Yep. The community's here and knows what, uh, or, you know, let the community also know what you need. And, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing this. Sincerely, your pen pals, Rory Scoble. And Daniel Van Kirk. Saw that. It wasn't so long ago. A podcast network. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 4-14-24 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.